Uh, welcome to On the Nose. <laughs> uh, wait, do you do you want to be known by t as Tyler? Or? Yeah, we'll do Tyler. Okay. Okay. Um, so yeah, I'm here with Tyler doing a doing a guest episode. There's a really big bug on the floor just right now. <laughs> so I I'm, tr I'm gonna I'm just gonna keep an eye on it if it gets too close to me I will have to deal with it um I did not do a lot of preparation for this my plan was I was gonna sit down and write down everything that I kind of want to talk about and then the ADHD went <laughs> yeah bro you're gonna make jewelry so um that's what we're doing Woo! what kind of bug is that it kind of looks water like a bug it looks a little bit like a stink bug. You might not want to smush it then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's going that way. It's it's passing me by. Sometimes they like to they get like in line and they they come at me and mm -hmm. I had a potato bug do that once and I have a deep dislike of them. So I uh, started screaming. I was at a gas station. I was like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> <laughs> we have a lot of June bugs here, and they're huge and gross. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I feel like I probably saw June bugs when I was in Kentucky, but I don't like explicitly like remember. They're I just, just remember the spiders being really bad at the chiggers. Oh, I've never had chiggers, but a lot of people here have gotten them, and I—that's a fear of mine. <laughs> Yeah, I, I got them just going out and, like, playing and stuff. And then I was, like, 16 or something. And I come in, and I'm like, oh, I got bug bites. And and my family's like, no, those are chiggers. I was like, what the what is that? And then they start telling me it's, like, a little tiny spider that goes through your skin and does some stuff and then comes out. And I was like, I want to die. It <laughs> like, is like, <laughs> yeah, it's like a horror movie. Like, <laughs> that's, like, like, a worst-case scenario kind of <laughs> not a fan yeah so um did you have anything like that you wanted to plug or talk about specifically i i had like some ideas of things to ask you about but also you know if you we can start with that and then my brain will go to other things just like yours does <laughs> Yeah, we're, we're like, do you remember uh, the group X? There is like this band and they mm -hmm. they did. The, yeah. And then they they did the Mario Mario one. And they're like, they're, they're so goddamn like the same. <laughs> yes. You say you want ice cream. They both say yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. She can she can But yeah, yeah. like our, all of our like health stuff like all the things that we have in common it's like it's crazy yeah everything i end up having i just assume you've already dealt with it too so then i'm just texting you like hey what do i do about this <laughs> yeah i'd like to say that that was an uncommon thing but as as we're getting older people start having more issues it's like I am like the person that people think to go to, which is totally, I totally don't mind, you know? I am hoping eventually that some of those questions will make their way here to the podcast so that I can like info dump because like it's oh, yeah. really hard for me like to decide on which slice of information I want to share. So having someone be like, what about this? My brain will just go, 
right? <laughs> Here is now everything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and more. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, I was going to say another thing that we have in common is the OnlyFans. And mm-hmm. I figured it'd be a good opportunity to mention it so you could, like, plug that a little bit. Um, but I was actually just curious how you, how you ended up getting into that. Definitely. Um, so it's really funny story, actually. I, up until about three, four years ago, besides when I was modeling for companies, I was completely covered up, like wearing sweatshirts in the summer and long pants and never like anything that showed my stomach because I grew up in such like toxic purity culture that I felt shame for myself and my body and showing anything that I was taught from the time I was born until I graduated high school that if any guy saw me in a sexual way that I was making them do that. And so much like trauma and shit had happened. Sorry, I don't know if I'm allowed to cuss on here. Yeah, totally. Okay, perfect. (laughs) (laughs) Um, um, Had happened that I just blamed myself for because of all the people around me and everything in my head that I just subconsciously covered up. And even at the pool and everything, I'd wear a t-shirt. And it was about, gosh, no, it probably was more like five. I've been saying three years for a while. It was about five years ago um, that I finally bought my first outfit that was like a crop top and I'm like this feels good (laughs) (laughs) and so then I started taking some like flirty pictures of myself and um and like feeling myself for the first time in my life and other people were like giving me attention for it and none of it was like super scandalous or anything and so finally one of my friends was like hey I think you should post a picture that's showing almost everything just so you can see how people actually see you because you're not seeing yourself correctly because I have such bad body dysmorphia (laughs) yeah and so I allowed him to post a picture of me in a group Within an hour, it had like 900 likes and like a whole bunch of comments. Only one was negative. They said my belly button looked like a vagina, but (laughs) I'm like, there could be worse comments. I thought people liked vaginas. I have two. That doesn't like a bad thing. (laughs) So um, after it was like a few months later, I started posting some of my own pictures. I like very artsy photos. And uh, then... I realized that like OnlyFans was a thing. It wasn't heavily being used for that at the time when I started. It was a little before that, but I knew some people were. So I got into it before, like it was saturated with people. Um, But I just got into it just for my own confidence. I like the comments just like you do. Like I like the Mm -hmm. comments more than the money, (laughs) but (laughs) the money's nice too. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But I started it and within like five days I had like 15, 20 fans and I was not expecting that and I was barely posting anything about it, but people I think were just waiting for me to do something. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And I wasn't showing anything at first. It was just my artsy stuff, my cosplay, um, just a little bit more scandalous than I was doing on Instagram or TikTok. And then I slowly wasn't doing topless and then everything. And I was just like, I'm going to do whatever I want. I'll show as much or as little on each day. Um, 
but that's kind of how I got into it. So I think I've been on there for three years now on on OnlyFans, um, and I've been doing modeling since I was 19, though. Cool. But I felt like a different person. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you're, like, all wrapped up in all that stigma and just that, like, heavy weight of bleh, modeling would not have felt empowering, like, at all. No, and I had to disassociate. It was like two different people. Um, when I was modeling, I was one person, and then out in daily life, I was me, and they never collided, and now I'm allowing them to collide, and it feels good. <laughs> nice. That's cool. I'm, I'm like, working my way there. Like, I'm only, like, a year in and with, like, an entire lifetime of other stuff going on so it's like sometimes I'll be frustrated because I'll be like it still doesn't feel the way I want it to but I know it's like I'm learning and like all the time especially when I have somebody join up that actually comments and I get interactions like that helps a lot because I without that information my brain just goes oh they're not they're either not seeing me or they didn't like that one because they didn't interact or you know Mm -hmm. it's like I have no way of like knowing basically and you know the whole body dysmorphia thing is it's I've always been the grossest person in the room always like you know and I didn't really get the any sort of attention that would have like taught me to think otherwise like through like my partners or other people because like most of the comments I got from people I got called like a big girl I was smaller than I am now and or I was called pointy or you know like I didn't it it literally never got called hot sexy whatever none of those words were ever applied to me until I put on the clown face and I tried hot (laughs) (laughs) I tried really hard not to like twist that into a bad thing you know because sometimes my brain will do that like I have noticed I'm a lot less comfortable showing like my face than I was before I started doing the clown face because I feel like people like that more mm-hmm. um but that's part of why like my only fans is both I don't mm-hmm. do like all clown stuff and um the dog is under the table I'm not eating so there's nothing down there <laughs> Um, but yeah, like for, like for me, when I started, it was, I was bored and I just wanted to have fun. And I was in this relationship that was making the boredom even worse than it would be if I was just by myself. And can you not, I know I'm talking, but I'm not talking to you. Like this is, (laughs) I'm the good girl. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Can you go lay down now, please? Because you're distracting me. Do you find that the boring relationship, like you felt uncomfortable in it because of past traumatic relationships? Um, I don't know, because that relationship was so different from any others that I've been in. Like, it's the first time I was involved with somebody who never once initiated affection or anything. And so there was just like this this void of information mm-hmm. um, because of their own anxiety issues and stuff that they were they were so reserved that they were uncomfortable. And like when we first started talking, 
they were really flirty and we sent each other pictures and we were, you know, making jokes and stuff. And the first time that we like hooked up and it was supposed to be casuals. I literally did not want a relationship. I just wanted some fun. And then, um, they just shut down. They stopped flirting. They stopped responding. I would send them pictures. They live four blocks from me. I sent a picture be like, why don't you come over? And they'd be like, nah, and they'd stay home and look at porn or whatever. <laughs> and this was my first time ever sending pictures, ever mm -hmm. trying to initiate, to try to like, you know, so having never behaved that way and then being received in that way when I did was like, just felt super yucky. And I kept being like, dude, dude, <laughs> you know? And then um, I finally just was like, I just, I just want to have fun. And I want to like receive attention that makes me feel like a human being. I want to feel like, I want to feel like a human being in a way where my sexuality is included because it just never felt like my sexuality is like a part of me. Yeah. And um, my sexuality has always been shaped around my male partners you know, where like my preferences don't really matter and my mood doesn't really matter, like all that stuff. Like I just, I felt like such a strong sense of like obligation to provide what they wanted, but my, what I wanted, I couldn't even tell you what I wanted because I never got to take up that space, right? Yes, I feel that <laughs> so hard. <laughs> so I, um, I was like, fuck this, I'm gonna do something for myself and that's what I've been doing and I'm still figuring it out and I have days when I'm like I feel like I'm doing really good and I have days when I feel like I suck and you know having surgery having the hysterectomy and my body changing shape like overnight has been really challenging like the last couple months has been like and I'm like if I can get through this I think I'll be good like yeah <laughs> you know yeah definitely yeah I asked that because like my ex-husband um we're still like best friends, but he was so safe and so boring. And he'll probably <laughs> listen to this. Um, but I felt so, and he was, he's ace um, and very not emotionally affectionate either. Like I could handle the like lack of sex if I got some intimacy in general, but I feel like I felt so out of place in a relationship that wasn't, it was a different type of toxic, I think, <laughs> where my needs weren't getting met and they didn't really want to meet them at all, but they weren't fighting with me and it wasn't a, like emotionally or physically abusive. And so I felt like guilty for not wanting it. <laughs> I, I relate to that. Like I literally like spent, it took me the four years to look back and be like, actually your neglect was abusive. You were mm -hmm. neglectful. This was abusive. And like the pain and the damage is just as bad in some ways as, you know, as when I was in an abusive relationship, it just, my brain thinks abuse looks less like a certain thing, a certain way. And that's, that's bullshit. Like, yeah. you know, I just, hate that I had to learn it the hard way <laughs> exactly and he understands now like to this day like we shouldn't have been in a romantic relationship we should have stayed friends and like it should have and I use romantic very lightly <laughs> but um and I'm glad we stayed friends afterwards it was a little rocky for a couple months where I guess 
like our brains and chemicals automatically when you like break up with somebody or get divorced um automatically are like I hate this person and then I had to be like I don't actually hate him though (laughs) yeah I I'm usually very like amicable and then the other person changes and they're rude to me that makes me hate them like I'll Mm. just be like oh we're fine we can be friends you know it doesn't matter that we stop being involved but I'm not very good at like the romantic part being that important I can Mm -hmm. like switch really easily and I guess that's not how other people are and when I was younger I didn't I didn't get it but I also when I was younger I got into relationships because I learned that that's what you're supposed to do and that's what you're supposed to want and I didn't know like that because I'm ace with like a a demi splash Mm -hmm. that I had certain needs that I needed to meet in order to have like you know I, I have yet to be in a relationship where my dem- my demisexual needs are met so that I can develop in that way. So I've always been a little bit um, aloof in my mm-hmm. relationships and it's been a complaint uh, from my partners, but I would just be like, well, I, this is how I am. I'm not getting my needs met. I don't know. Like, <laughs> I don't yeah. know what to do. And it's hard to communicate, well, for someone else to accept the communication of... I don't know what I need and I'd like to explore what I need yeah. and be able to communicate with that other person and feel safe with them to explore that because to this day I've never had a relationship where I could explore that either and so I really yeah. don't know what I need or what I like because I, I, yeah. I've never had it <laughs> yeah I, I it's it's I, I think that like sometimes I wonder am I even capable of that because I've never done it I can't really imagine like going through the process of like developing those feelings or or whatever you know um but I do enjoy like when people are like oh you know who was your first love whatever I'm like oh I've never had one I love saying that because people are just like it's like I didn't use like chocolate I'd be like I don't like chocolate people be like you know there's certain things that are considered a given to everybody and when you're an outlier you're a total freak and I'm cool with that yeah, being a freak is cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, I kind of I need to blow my nose. I'll be right back. I was do like, sitting there, like oh, we're recording. What do I do? I'm like, screw it. <laughs> you just blow your nose. Yeah. I need the tissues. Hello, everybody. <laughs> Go look down. He does this when I'm like on my therapy calls and stuff too. It just it's all me. He's a good dog. Good doggy. I sent mine downstairs because I knew she. Every time she like scratches her collar, I can hear it in the in the mic. Yeah, he wakes me up when when he does that. Go lay down. Good boy. <laughs> um, so the bus. Mm-hmm. To just totally jump into a different subject. Yeah. The bus. How did? What made you decide to do that? Like, how did you get into that? So I was. I've always followed people who do renovations like that, and. So one day I just started looking into um, how much it would be. So not not 
just the bus, but like renovating it and and doing everything. Like how much would it really take time wise and money wise? And three days later, I bought a bus. (laughs) (laughs) Um, There just happened to be one. This was like right when COVID first we didn't know what was going on um, and the schools were all shut down. So one of the school districts sold, was selling all of their backup buses they had because they weren't needing to use any of their buses. And so um, they decided to sell all of their ones they would use when their other buses weren't out of commission. And so I, it was a 45 foot school bus um, and very well maintained. Uh, it had brand new tires on it, and which is like more than the amount I spent on the bus. <laughs> um, and I just went for it because I had the money and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to do it. This is going to be my COVID project. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then at the pri- during COVID, you know, the price of building materials all skyrocketed. So yep. I started working on it and had already put in like subfloor and some insulation and then the price of everything went up. So like, um, like two by fours went up. Uh, I think when I first started working on the bus, they were like two dollars and something each, and they went up to like twenty dollars each. And I'm Jeez. like, okay, well, I'm putting this on the side burner for right now because <laughs> I can't afford to work on the bus anymore. Um, yeah. So as I would just kept an eye on like Facebook Marketplace and things like that, and. Um, slowly just kept working on it as I got materials and then um, yeah so it's I'm actually right now pulled out a bunch of things in it to like redo some things that weren't working for me while I was living in it and um, and I kind of like I really like the layout of it now of how I'm redoing it but it has solar it has internet it has um, a toilet and a bathtub (laughs) (laughs) and I'm adding another bed above the uh, driver's seat right now and redoing my office area so I'm pretty excited about it and um, I really like living in it yeah (laughs) like what's your like what's your favorite kind of experience of living in it I think just exploring different areas. Um, I've been able to find different places to park for free. Uh, I've only had to pay to park at like one or two places the whole time I've been in it. Um, And I really like just being able to go outside and pee when I'm... (laughs) I I use my toilet as little as possible. (laughs) Yeah, because the whole black water thing, right? Yes, but if you are going to travel in your RV the um what is it called uh it's where you can park at different vineyards and um museums and places like that it's like 150 dollars a year and they have if you do the most expensive plan they have which i think is like 190 you can use all of their dump stations okay that's cool yeah for free yeah i got a composting toilet installed so that will not be an issue yep never mind but your gray water (laughs) Um, yeah, you can dump that there too. Yeah, I'm gonna. Um, so gray water is the way the the rules work with gray water is if you um, have a kitchen sink going into it, um, there could be food particles. So then it's kind of like black water, and you're not supposed to dump it anywhere. But if you filter it, and you just need like a really basic 
couple of dollars sand, like sand filter. You filter the solids out, then it's gray water that you can reuse. So that's what I'm going to do. And I'm just going to get a water barrel, fill it up. Um, I'm, I've been ser searching for like a good water barrel because the gray water tanks like 90 gallons on my RV. It's pretty big. Um, and then uh, just fill it up, like empty it, you know, like whenever it fills up. Um, and then use that to water my plants because I'm going to get a little greenhouse because there's nowhere for my plants that would be safe from the cat in the RV. So greenhouse yeah. it is. Um, but yeah, I like I've learned so much about all that just through, you know, like having to do the research, mm -hmm. like how to get rid of stuff, what the laws are. And yeah, and they're <clears throat> different in different states. I know in some states you can like trickle drain your black water or not your black water, your gray water. Um, yeah. So if you have just a, a small drain on it, you can drain it like while you're driving. And I'm like, yeah, that's so some, weird. Some parks are like, and there's like parks, I guess, where you can just dump it and parks where you can't. And, you know, you just have to like know the rules. But yeah, like California, I think like you, unless you were kind of in the butthole of California, um, you would probably have a hard time finding places to park because of mm -hmm. the fact that there's the RVs. There's so many RVs everywhere um, because of the, the housing issues and stuff. Yeah. Um, um, that's why it's Harvest Host. That's the name of the company. And there's a bunch in California that you could park at. And it's free. Most of them are just one night at a time. But if you, like, plan it right, you can go to a bunch of different ones um, and just park there for free. So nice. that's pretty cool. And then you don't even yeah. have to use the businesses. Um, like most of them are vineyards or breweries, but there's a lot of museums you can park at too. And then people's yeah. houses. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I'm curious. Uh, I like now I want to go look and be like, where are the ones that are like near where I'm going to be? Because mm -hmm. like I'm in wine country, mm -hmm. you know, once I'm in the RV. Not so much for my RV, but if you ever traveling, I'll see how close you could end up. <laughs> Definitely. And I mean, I'm not a huge drinker, but um, but it's kind of nice to try like different like wine, like just go wine tasting or whatever. You spit it out anyway. <laughs> yeah, I just watch. I can't do the um, I've never been able to handle the tannins in wine or tea or grapes or anything. They just destroy me. So. Yeah, and then and then because of the mass cell stuff, I can't do uh, um, refurbished. Is not the word. <laughs> I know. I know what you're trying to say too. <laughs> yeah, I can't do alcohol basically or kombucha or any of that because of because I can't do that. And it like I used to be able to do Fermented. probiotics. Yes, thank you. <laughs> It was going to come. <laughs> I, that's why I moved on, because I was like, it'll come to me if I don't look at it. <laughs> um, the, the, I used to do like pro, these probiotics really regularly and stuff, but they're all fermented, and now they just, just absolutely destroy me. So it's I'm like, thanks, body, for that. So My... I've been able to find a few probiotics. They've all been liquid that I could tolerate. Um, I think cause they go through me faster. Yeah. Um, but I'm supposed to do, I've, I've been doing this like uh, mushroom drink. Like it's, it's not the coffee thing. It's like mushrooms and different teas together. 
Uh, it tastes like a mint tea and it's kind of gross, but it's been helping a little bit with um, how I'm feeling. Not so much my digestion yet, but the, how bloated I was feeling and um, which is crazy because throwing up every day right now with my gastroparesis. Uh, I've actually like, I haven't gained weight, but I, my pants don't fit cause I'm so bloated from, I don't know what. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I know I have like this bloating thing that like, uh, I started a new medication that's supposed to help. And it's like, I think I need to up the dose, but mm-hmm. my, I have this almost like pregnancy belly and I'm like, what? That's you know? exactly what I felt like. I felt like I looked pregnant. None of my pants were fitting unless I put it below where I'm bloated. Yep. <laughs> and I don't exactly. like low pants. <laughs> can you ever, sometimes when you're bloated, can you almost like feel the, your intestine? Like, mm-hmm. like my, especially my small intestine, I'll actually be able to be like, oh, geez, you know? Yeah. I don't know. I just put a string on me and like, I'm a balloon, you know? <laughs> That's what it feels like, and I, I swear that's what I'm feeling in there. And then I can feel, like, where my colon is, too. Yeah. It's so, like, it's so, I don't know, it's just, it's weird. I, we're, so, I, we're so ladylike. Yeah. Well, the thing that annoys me about it is when I was younger, if there was ever any bloating, it was gas, right? This is not gas. There is no. no farting. I don't. I don't get to have pain and then have fun, right? Like I, if I had gas pains, I could go lay on my side and be like, and I'd be like, ah, ah, ah. nope. There's none of that. There's none mm-hmm. of it. Speaking of bloody, like, <laughs> it's not. It's, yeah, it's like higher up and like. Yeah. I, I don't know. It's it's weird because like I have not been able to keep solid food down for two, like two months now. Yeah. Maybe a little over two months now. No, go lay down, And please. I have not lost a single pound. I'm the exact same weight I was when it started. And it's like all, I'm just retaining like all the fluids and everything. And I don't know. Yeah. Like I can feel where I'm smaller from not eating, but I just retain everything. And I don't. Yeah. Uh, it, yep. I have, um, because I'm in between homes right now, I'm, I don't have my... I have the compression pants that go all the way up to here and they like squeeze, you know, the medical mm-hmm. ones. And those can help if I use them every day. Um, but I wear like compression socks and stuff like that. Cause I do have a lot of like fluid re- retention and the doctors are kind of like, we don't know why. And I'm like, yay. <laughs> yeah. I'm assuming it's related to the mast cell stuff and all that just cause it got worse when I flared up. I think that but. is what's causing it uh, for me, too. And I don't know. It's like my safe foods have become unsafe because I throw them up. Um, I even threw up my safe Taco Bell yesterday for the first time. I was going to ask about that. But I ate more today, so we're going to see. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I had like a reasonably healthy like breakfast burrito made me super nauseous where I was like uh but then like I had mac and cheese last night and I was fine and I'm like okay so or we're back to like the worst of the foods are the safe foods like I don't need that my yeah mine are mashed potatoes which I also threw up yesterday um taco bell and bagels with egg on them i can't eat just bagel i 
and or just eggs. But if I have like a bagel sandwich with an egg on it and cream cheese, that for some reason is okay. <laughs> wow. Yeah, no, the cream cheese would be like a no bueno for me. No bueno. The, uh, yeah, like when I first got sick, I tried to find, like do an elimination diet and figure out like what I could tolerate. And I could tolerate rice cooked with double the amount of moisture, like in broth with like scrambled eggs. That was like one of the few solid foods that like I could handle. But after like a couple of months of that being the only thing I ate, my texture stuff went, we're not eating that again for years, right? <laughs> and then I had to like find other things. And that's how I ended up on a liquid diet because I couldn't find anything that didn't just make me sick besides like McDonald's. I could go eat McDonald's and I was fine, but there's no way I was gonna live off of that. That's not super like, me. <laughs> right? Like I'm like I'm not I'm sick. The last thing I need is is, you know, to not be getting vitamins and stuff. So I did my best to like build like a healthy diet through like a liquid diet, but it was it was you know, I had malnutrition even still and I was doing like bone broth protein and you know, I added fiber stuff to it and I, I could do bananas as long as they were blended up. I couldn't eat them, but I, mm -hmm. I could blend them. And, um, yeah, but it was interesting cause I had like malnutrition, but my good cholesterol was really high. <laughs> so I was, I was getting something <laughs> just, you know, but I, I did, um, so this cup, this company went under, but when I first started being able to eat solids, I, it was. I would be okay for a while and then I would relapse and go back to liquid and back and forth and back and forth. And during that time I was getting blood work for my malnutrition. And then, um, I was get doing fecal tests where, um, they were checking my, my gut flora at the same time through this company called Ubiome, which is they've, they went out of business because they were, uh, billing insurance improperly. So their, the technology was legit, but their billing practices were not problematic for patients, only for the insurance companies. How dare <laughs> yeah. they? I know, right? Er. So um, it was really cool, though. As I started being able to add foods in and started to be able to eat salads, I was literally able to watch my gut flora like population shift to um, have more diversity and like the certain bad ones that are associated with inflammation became less frequent and these other ones became more and um, it was cool like I totally like was nerding out with that and was like sending them to my GI it was something I was doing for myself mm -hmm. and then I just sent them to my GI because he was like that was cool we like he's kind of I think he's on the spectrum. I just got that vibe when we talk, you know? We know. And we know. Yeah. <laughs> so um, he totally, like, enjoyed that, too. And I was bummed when they went out of business because I liked... Because they would do it for, like, vaginal flora as well. Oh, so, I want to do that. Yeah, because I went through the stage during all of that where mm -hmm. that was off kilter, too. And I got a test to see what was off kilter so I knew what kind of um, probiotics to take to kind of help even things out. Yeah, ever since that, that I had cool. ever since I had my surgeries on my cervix and uterus and then ablation um it's been off. Like it's not bad or anything, but it's different and I want to know why. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, my my doctor like everything like changed um and she kept being like 
well, do you have yeast or whatever? And I'm like, no, it's just different now. Mm-hmm. It just changed. But but they tested it and like the pH is fine and everything. It's just something something about the makeup changed. And, but That's every time I'm I go thinking. to the doctor, they think something's off and then they test it and it's fine. And I feel fine. I feel fine. Nothing. It's just, yeah. I was used to like smelling a certain way my whole life. And now it's just different. It's not bad. It's just not yeah. me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I have. Yeah, exactly. That's it. It's like when you go to go to the bathroom or whatever, and you're like, I just don't smell like the me that I used to smell like. Yeah. But it's very subtle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? No one else has said anything, but. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Milf potato. Interesting. I'm sure some of that happens with age and like hormone shifts and stuff like that too. But oh, yeah. I, I, I have to imagine, you know, like, especially like, you know, like having had a hysterectomy, there's no cervix anymore. And the cervix is responsible for creating some of the, some of the mucus and stuff that helps like clean the area out. And I'm I'm sorry for the guys that are listening to this going, Oh my God. But you know what? If you like it, you should know it. So if you have any people that own uteruses or cervixes or vaginal canals, you should be versed in it anyway. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, I, I guess the analogy doesn't really work anymore because it's changed, but I'm like, it's kind of like not, it's like having a car and, and and not like paying attention to the details of the car. But I realize a lot of people don't actually pay attention to the details of their cars <laughs> anymore either. <laughs> Very accurate. Um, mine has tires. <laughs> I like, before I went on my road trip, I did like a safety check. I checked my tread. I checked all of my fluid levels and all that. I have a brand new car and I still checked all that stuff. You know, it's like maybe leftover from my parents kind of beating it into me or that I rode motorcycles. And every time you get on a bike, you want to like check mm-hmm. those things. Cause it's, you know, but I was doing it and I was like, there are probably people that have never done this with their car ever you know they just drive it till the lights come on which is awful (laughs) to be fair though i do fix stuff on my own vehicle um but i youtube it (laughs) (laughs) hey how you get the information doesn't matter that doesn't make it less like the fact that you utilize the information is all that matters I was like, the first time I had to change a tire, I'm like watching YouTube like, to, yeah. to change my tire and then hoping it stays on my vehicle afterwards. Yeah. It's like, it's not like you carry a torque wrench with you. So, you know, just have to hope for, hope for the best. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I used to do all my own work on my vehicles and stuff. And um, after my health issues and all that, I stopped being able to do some of that and it it's like the way that I made myself feel better about it because I'm still knowledgeable I'm still kind of in tune with my vehicle is that I I think of it as like women who go get their nails done or get their hair done I don't spend money on things like that I don't I shave my own head I don't you know Mm -hmm. um so it's like I'm taking my car to the spa you know it's getting a little spa day (laughs) exactly yeah it was oh my god when i remember the first time i took my motorcycle to get an oil change and so or or get no to get uh a tire change so when you with a motorcycle whether or not it has a belt or a chain it doesn't matter but when you put the tires back on you put the chain or the belt back on and 
uh, mechanics will charge an extra $35, $40 to do the chain, mm -hmm. even though it's part of putting the motorcycle back together. Even though they have to do it. <laughs> yeah, and I literally just stood there arguing with the guy and was like, okay, fine, tell you what, I'm going to bring my own tools and my own stands, <laughs> and I'm going to do it myself. Like, so they didn't charge me. And then after that, what I started doing was popping the rim, the popping the tires with the rims off, going to get the tires changed and just putting them on myself. Cause like, mm -hmm. I was like, I'm not paying, you know, like 200 bucks for you guys to do this thing. Like, it's just ridiculous. No, and that should be included in the price if they're gonna make you pay for it anyway. Exactly. It's just, I was so offended and I had like this, friend who he'd never done his own oil change and you know when I found out what he paid and I had never paid anyone at that point and I was just like you do what like you don't you don't like it it was to the he's like this big guy he was like a marine he was a sergeant in the marines really like uh, if I showed you a picture you would be like you would probably recognize him as a teddy bear but most people found him very like intimidating um and he also did not ride his motorcycle in the rain, but there was a storm that came through, like a spring storm. And so I ended up riding his motorcycle in the rain for him to the mechanic, like show up. And he had like a, it's a 1400cc motorcycle, which at that time, like people were like, oh, female on a bike. Oh, and, you know, big one. And they're just like, you can ride that in the rain? With your little dainty girl hands? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was just like, yes. <laughs> that, oh, yeah, yeah. Gr growing up in a family, so we always had uh, we had motorcycles, but ours were street legal dirt bikes, and uh, so we had KTM's, and then we had Honda street legal Hondas too. Um, nice. And I never knew how to work on them, but I could ride them, and. That we, I've been a target shooter since I was seven. So, and people are like, <laughs> "What? You ride uh, motorcycles and you shoot guns and you're a liberal? What?" Um, <laughs> like, yes, yeah. yes, I do. <laughs> right? Yeah. Well, my I got my first bike. It was a mini bike, and my mom's boyfriend, who he was the closest thing to a dad I had. I you need a flow chart to understand my dad's situation, but. Uh, <laughs> He, he basically was like, if you want this mini bike, then you have to get it running. So I was like eight years old and that was like my birthday gift or whatever was a broken mini bike. And, but he sat with me and helped me, like we dropped the engine and like got That's it working so cool. and stuff. Um, yeah. So I, you know, I grew up around that. Like when my mom want, wanted to learn how to ride motorcycles, he told her, okay, but you have to work on them. I'm not doing the work for you. So my mom would be out there changing her oil and stuff too. I and wish like, I wish my stepdad would have let me. That was the thing. He would not let me or my sister. It was just my brothers that were allowed to work on the motorcycles with him. Yeah. That's how my dad was. So I would be at my mom's house and like I was expected to be self-sufficient and they taught me like if we went like driving in the car and something happened, they would explain to me like the physics and stuff. So I grew up like extremely like I'm a, I'm a very good driver and not like like definitely good driver but uh <laughs> i'm an excellent but, driver <laughs> yeah dad lets me drive the car on sundays um, let's be back out of the driveway 
but like I'll say that people think I'm being like cocky I'm like no no I'm actually like a really good driver like if I were to go do like advanced tests and stuff I would score and I get really good lap times my first time on a track and stuff like that and that's because you know my parents took the time to teach me like they would go out when it was raining and be like okay now you're gonna do donuts so that you can learn how to control real world drive car when it loses traction and you know stuff like that. My parents were awful in a lot of ways, but in that way, they were cool. When I played with fire, they taught me why fire was dangerous. They didn't just t tell me don't play with fire. They were like, and they did like a big scary explosion fire. And this is why it's dangerous because we were throwing matches at a gas tank. So <laughs> um, yeah, but. Oh my gosh, so. that's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> uh. The things we did that could have killed us. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, I was like three, so, you know, I uh, I had no no idea, but I I remember the lesson of that really, really well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> <sighs> there was something else I was going to ask you about. Oh, um, so the first time we met was on a live with Liz. Yeah, yeah. And, and you were making t-shirts. Yes. And I, like... I don't know anything about your crafty stuff at all. And I was like curious about that. Yes, I make t-shirts, mainly the things I would wear. And then I sell them at craft fairs, the extras that I made. <laughs> um, but my favorite one is, a, that's actually sold the most. It's a white t-shirt with red lettering that says, contains human organs. And <laughs> it's my favorite shirt. Um, and then I have emotional support human shirts that I make but yeah I like making shirts and stickers um and I do it mainly to pay for the ones I want that I sell the other ones <laughs> that um, makes sense but yeah I like doing crafty things I also do um I have a laser engraver so I do wood burning thought I had it next to me but I don't um so I make paddles and things like that for people with the wood burner Nice. Um, That's cool. So you put your name on people's peaches. <laughs> um, uh, like, yeah. I, I have like my parents ruined any possibility of me ever like, because when I was little, they had a, a ping pong paddle with cool. holes drilled in it with butt warmer on no. it. They thought it was funny, but also it hurts. <laughs> so like you know that was actually the falling falling out that i had with you know who uh was when he had those that he wanted to sell yeah. and i like was like i mentioned in passing oh i have this association and then and then he like made a big deal about it and i was like well that's not how you respond to somebody else's trauma especially when i'm not making a big deal about it just kind of mentioning in passing because like my brain can't help it yeah you know? it doesn't mean <laughs> you can't sell that it means that i don't want it <laughs> so. yeah yeah but and yeah. i mean i was offering to be supportive i was like hey i'll repost your stuff or like yeah. You know like i had i was using my fet life then so i was like i could talk it up on fet life for you or whatever. And he's like, no, I don't want you to do that because of the And I was like, okay, okay. You don't know. I don't have to, it's fine. Cool. But, and then I, and then I stopped using vet life. Cause 
I got really tired of the DMs on there. My so. God, it's just a bunch of dicks trying to friend me. Like that's just a picture of the dick. <laughs> like what? Is I like this? yeah. I know. I'm just. It's to me. It's really sad because like my association with that. I didn't make an account until last year, but like I've always heard about it. Talked from my friends who are in that community, mm-hmm. and so it always sounded like this really sort of positive, supportive space. And I am assuming at some point, you know the meat market moved in and uh it changed it quite a bit and like i found a lot of so i do have a community on there and it's a people i know in real life um that are part of a munch that i'm a part of but all the like messages i get on there are just you could tell that they are it's called cowboy polyamory where they try to find poly women usually it's a man trying to find poly women to make them monogamous and it's not necessarily that they're going to be monogamous but they want a bunch of people monogamous to them um and i could oh, it's so toxic and so gross so, but so they want to they want to harem basically mm-hmm. and wow. you can't be with anyone else but they can be with other people i don't i don't like that I'm like I don't, I don't I don't want to be attached to anyone anyway like <laughs> right yeah I don't I don't like being told what to do so that even if I didn't want to be with someone else I would want to be with someone else because they told me I couldn't be with someone else like just don't don't tell me what to do I I was mostly getting people that seemed like they were really lonely and they didn't know how to connect in a meaningful way because they didn't know that they had any value beyond the penis, which if they knew how to have sex in a meaningful way, they would know that that's not even that important. So I think the most meaningful sex I've ever had never involved penetration. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and they said the same thing. It wasn't just, it wasn't just for me. It was like, they were like, wow, that was really, you know, cause I, when I was younger, I didn't like, I did not absorb some of the messaging around sex and, and the limitations like at all. Like I read the Delta of Venus when I was 10 and stuff like that was, like, yeah, I, cause my mom had it. So I, I read, I was a, like a voracious reader and I would read anything that I could get my hands on. So I read stuff like that. And I just thought that, like, because there's a lot of emphasis on the female orgasm in that book. And um, so I just thought that, like, that was normal. And so the first time I had, like, a sexual relationship, he was very attentive. And we always went at the same time. So it was, like, just worked out. And then when I went to the next relationship, he was not attentive. And I didn't know that what I was running into was the normal. I literally, by the third time we slept together, I said, if I don't get mine, you're not getting it again. <laughs> and that was like my thing. And I didn't know how abnormal that was. So I ended up every subsequent partner after that, that teaching them how to actually have sex without mm-hmm. it being just about, like, I'm not a replacement for your hand, dude. <laughs> you know? Um, and and I didn't like know how abnormal that was, you know, but I've ha- I have like past partners that are like, they're the partners after me basically told them to thank me, you know, and I'm like, you're welcome. <laughs> I'm like, but where's mine? What, when, when do I get to have the hand holding, and the, <laughs> you know, the, have somebody else, 
do do good by me for a change. Exactly. Oh, gosh. It's so hard because a lot of people, I just feel like the way that they were taught, especially like around our age, it was very much like the movies and everything out were for men were very much a get yours. You need to get yours and as many as possible. And it wasn't really about pleasing the other person or it being an experience or anything like that. There was nothing emotional about it. It was just very, it's just an act that you do and you want to do it as many times as possible. (laughs) Yeah. And I think like, I think that that was basically like most, most porn, like 98% Mm -hmm. of porn out there is also like that. And men learn from that and hardwires their brains to function a certain way. Um, it's actually pretty interesting because there's some sex uh, therapists and stuff that are now coming out and saying that they're dealing with um, sexual dysfunction in, in men like in their 20s and late teens and stuff because of like this overexposure to this to that content, to that type of content and the fact that they cannot connect with another person yeah. because that's where they learned how to be sexual and stuff. So I when my son was younger I put the time into learning about porn because I don't personally uh take part in looking at that stuff I don't have like an issue with it if it's healthy Mm -hmm. you know and like I like I enjoy like the content that my friends make the people on OnlyFans that I see um but that's I think that that's just it's more personable and it's a person who's taking control of their body. And sometimes it's just like a beautiful picture of the human body. Artsy. I love the artsy ones. (laughs) Yeah, me too. Like that's kind of my, that's kind of my jam. Mm -hmm. Um, But like, um, so when my son was younger, I like, I was like, okay, well he's going to grow up into this. How can I guide him? So I did that. Like I learned about it. I read like articles from people who, um, are in the porn industry and stuff like that. And so as he got older, I was like, well, learn your body without pornography. And if you do need to use pornography, look for stuff that's made by women, made for women, healthy stuff that shows like female sexuality. We had a lot of conversations around like, you know, both psychology and physiology of female sexuality and stuff. So I basically unleashed this knowledgeable male (laughs) into the world. And he was then teaching his partners how to have orgasms and stuff because like he knew that he knew something that they didn't know because like a lot of girls don't even know Mm -hmm. what they're missing. And I was bummed out to find out that I, I thought his generation would be better and they are, it sounds like in a way they were kind of worse yeah. because they're emulating the pornography that like when I was younger, pornography was not, you could not just get to it, you no, know? No, And it was like, if, if when the internet, uh, became a thing, um, you would have to wait for it. It's like, <laughs> just like waiting for an image. And the, like, at first it wasn't even videos because it was that was too big to put out yeah and so it was like waiting for images to load (laughs) yep yeah i remember there was like bbs's dedicated to like adult adult content but it would be like photos and like hustler Mm -hmm. stuff and all that and you know and it was based it wasn't that different than finding like a playboy magazine or whatever so it was you know and then when the World Wide web came out it was you know all the porn sites had um 
you had to pay to get into them. And so you could see some stuff, but you couldn't see very much stuff. And so it was not like it is now where for some reason the porn industry has decided that that porn is a right uh, without regard to safety or health it's like cigarettes back in the day you know and i think porn needs to come with a warning i mean they they have lobbyists who've done the same shit that both the porn industry or the cigarette industry and the sugar industry have done to suppress like meaningful data about the impacts of it so yeah i agree and on top of that like i'm actually really glad that things like OnlyFans have saturated the market because it's gotten a lot of the um, like slavery aspect of things out of there and put a lot more of the power into the actual people doing the work's hands and yeah. they can they can determine the type of content they're gonna put out because yeah. I, I like I've heard from a lot of other especially like female presenting people that they didn't like working like people who did work in the industry before they didn't like that they had no say in the type of content they didn't even know until they arrived what kind of content they were making yeah Um, and now they can choose what they do and don't want to make and who they do and don't want to make it with Um, yeah and i think that that's huge um yes there's a paywall and there should be one so (laughs) yeah it's a service and it's a lot of work it's not like you know some some of the content creators are putting it out like the amount of content that they put out and like and then they'll do like have free accounts and stuff and they're mm-hmm. and i'm like man i like i don't trust people to tip so that's why i'm not doing you know no. plus the paywall just makes me feel safe yeah I, I feel safer behind it it's not like anyone can make an account and just see what you put out um having that paywall even though mine is like the amount of a fancy coffee at starbucks um, for the whole yeah. month, I probably should pay more, but I have that paywall there because it, it does provide that security. And it, for myself, that someone has to pay for this content. Um, OnlyFans will sue if they put the content out there with the watermarks on them. So you, if anyone sees that out there, they'll alert OnlyFans and they will sue them for using your content. Um, and they only have access to it as long as they're paying for it. So, yeah. And you deserve that. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. I so one thing like back, backing up just a little bit mm-hmm. like for content creators, I think one thing that I hope changes and I think would be good to have like education around it is to let especially the female presenting people know that um that they do get to make a choice because I think that a lot of people and I've talked to quite a few um, women who made content that they ended up getting really burnt out because they felt obligated to cater to what people were saying instead of making it about themselves and making it about their own sexuality. There's nothing wrong with catering, but I think that like it still needs to be like in sync with yourself with what you really want to do, what makes you feel good. And, you know, I think that like 
it would be good if there was more language around that, but I think that there needs to be more education around how unrealistic a lot of the porn pornography is out there and the impacts of it. And I know that that's like one of those things, especially on YouTube that gets suppressed, is you'll see these videos of like actresses and stuff come out and say, this is what happened, I'm traumatized, blah, 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 and then silence, you know, yeah. like... And, and and the fact that it's like people take it as an all or nothing thing like they get so offended if they do make that content and that's not what we're saying we're saying that people need to understand just like drinking or just like going to the casino or just like anything that could be addictive anything that could be problematic in your life in your relationships that this is what could happen and this is the healthy way to consume it and this is the healthy way to make it and produce it as mm -hmm. well and yeah. we're not saying that you can't make it. That's not at all what yeah. we're saying or that you shouldn't. It's that we need to be um, respectful and conscious of the effects that this could have on certain people. Yep. Like, and if it doesn't feel right, don't do it. Mm -hmm. Like, if it makes you happy, freaking go for it. Like, how, just go crazy. Like, but like yep. recognize that you know, th there's also like just thresholds for stuff. And um, yeah, like, like, I don't like being told what to do at all. Like, <laughs> do not tell me what to do. I'm like, go away. I don't want your money. But uh, some people like, they like that. They like having the feedback or whatever, you know, I love suggestions. I love mm -hmm. it when people say that they like, enjoy something or how something makes them feel because like I'll keep that in mind and it makes it more fun for me later when I make similar content again you know like I get regular requests for more butt um <laughs> which I, I don't understand because no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always like my butt is disgusting but then people are like no more butt I'm like okay I could do that weirdos <laughs> not in a bad way not a judgy weirdo way just weirdos <laughs> You posted some recently that had your legs in it, too, that were really hot. And yeah. I was like, hey, you talked those down so much. Like, stop it. <laughs> I, my, so what my brain did is my brain took that information and it said, yeah, but it was just the angles. Like, <laughs> and I have to tell my brain, your legs, those are your legs at that angle. Those are still your legs. They're still your legs. <laughs> and they were still Ridiculous. hot. <laughs> nice. I don't know how to, I'm trying to, I'll process that later. That's okay. <laughs> we got like all warm and stuff. <laughs> uh, yeah, I feel that way about certain like body parts of mine too. And people always ask for more butt from me too, because I post a lot of top half of me. But it's really hard to take yeah. pictures of your own butt. It is. It's like, and then like, like the angles that are easiest to do are not the best angles. They're no. like, it doesn't matter how nice your butt is. There are just some angles that don't work that well. And maybe they, okay. So here's the thing that I like, if I got more feedback, I would know if the angles work better or not. But my brain goes, that does not work. But maybe I would post it and it would work. And, you know, I mean, I've been posting more diversity to like, mm -hmm. You know, see what yeah, gets like, interaction yeah in theory every angle should work because people just like looking at people yeah but yeah i still just i don't you know like i start posting the videos and then and because my brain always tells me that my sexuality is gross and so that i was like well this is going to gross people out and then people like it and then i'm like 
Maybe people it's not gross. are gross. <laughs> <laughs> then we can all be gross together. Yay! <laughs> the first time I posted a video like that, I was so scared. Like, I didn't sleep. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I I remember the video too. I think I was dressed up like Velma. And I'm like, at first I was doing the video for someone and I'm like, you know what? I think I'm going to post it. I'm going to see. I'm just going to see. And people really <laughs> liked it. And the comments were like, some of them were gross, but some, <laughs> some were flattering. And, um, and I'm like, oh, that felt really good. Like, yeah, to get comments like that. I, I, I've seen a few and I like them. Like, they're like. You know, in a way, it's interesting because there's like multiple. It's not it's not the way that I think other people consume it, um, like men or whatever, because men would just, you know, but like because you're a fellow creator, I look at your stuff from also, you know, as a creator. So your stuff is very like inspiring and also reassuring. Like sometimes there's parts of your body that look like my body and you look awesome. And I'm like, well, if you look awesome, then maybe I'll look okay. Like, you know? say it, say awesome. <laughs> okay, awesome. <laughs> but, <laughs> so it, it's it's interesting because I can like I have like there's like different I guess different gears of appreci- appreciation or different layers or whatever. Um, so it's been it's a, it's cool. Like it's neat to be able to kind of share that with people. And you know, I, to share I feel this, the same this way with your content too, because I'm like, oh, she looks like me. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, it's it's neat. You know, you know, like I don't know, just sharing that part of being human. Yeah. And, you know. And I think that's why I did some. So I used to do boudoir photography, and I would do free shoots for people who were really scared to do them, because. I'm like, everyone is beautiful. Like, I promise yeah. you, you will feel good about yourself after I'm done. And, I want to do that. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. It's so fun because, like, you just watch them. I'll show them some of the pictures. I'm like, this isn't even edited. Like, look mm-hmm. at yourself. And they're like, oh, I do look good there. Let's do more like that one. Like, <laughs> yeah. I totally want to learn how to do that kind of photography. Like, I know I take pictures, but it's different taking pictures of people. Mm-hmm. And I used to be really, really into photography, but people were not on my list of things I, I took pictures of. Um, but I want to learn how to do that style of photography because um, I had this idea of, like, offering, like, local cosplayers and stuff like that, like, photo shoots just to, like because I enjoy doing it, not mm-hmm. even to make money, but, um, and then, you know, also the same kind of idea. Like I used to have this idea. Um, I don't know if you ever seen like real estate signs. It'll say I'm beautiful inside. It's like hanging outside. No, I wanted to I steal that. one of those. <laughs> I really wanted to steal one of those signs and then just find random people and take pictures of them holding the sign. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I love that. I used to get so many ideas, but I never like, I couldn't, I couldn't figure out how to do the things I wanted to do until I started treating my ADHD. And then now, like, I just decide to do things and I can do them. Yeah. That'd be really fun. What I'm thinking, like in my head though, is like, 
you posting something for like local cosplayers and just saying you're, I'm doing mini, a mini shoot at this time. Uh, you'll have like a 30 minute slot for pictures. It's this much money. It's not a ton of money. You'll get your edited pictures. They're all digital afterwards. And so that way you can set aside like two hours, three hours and do like four to six people. And yeah. if they want to do some together, they can do that too. Um, they meet, yeah. they meet each other. They meet other cosplayers and they get, pictures of themselves that they normally wouldn't be able to afford to get and then you get the exposure you get all those people um and just have them sign something saying that you can use the photos and um yeah that you have the rights to the photos but they can use them as well um yeah with with credit to you um that's what a photographer i used to use did and um yeah you could it probably would like for a mini session like that most people charge like a hundred bucks a person and yeah they that could be your your way in they get a bunch of pictures and some fun things they can change their outfits yeah. even do like two 15 minute sessions of different outfits yeah that would be fun and then having it as a group thing they'd be less nervous about doing a one-on-one -on -one, you yeah. know um, I am saving up my OnlyFans uh, income, which is not very much because I don't I don't have a lot of subscribers. <laughs> but um, is uh, for doing it, getting a shoot done of me, just because mm -hmm. I would like to get photos taken where I can see angles that I can't take myself. It's like really hard taking pictures of yourself, mm -hmm. like. And then you can so. use the angles that you liked that they did, and like emulate that in the future. Yeah. And it's nice to see how other people see you and how other people, the angles that they like and the lighting and everything else um, and seeing yourself through someone else's eyes is really nice. I've done two shoots um, like that. I've paid for two shoots and they're not cheap. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, they're not. I was looking and I was like, maybe like, I think it's like in my area, it's like five, 600 bucks or something. And I was like, yeah, it's gonna, it's gonna take me some time to like, but does, save up. You but need that's to okay. make sure that includes the photos. Yeah. Because sometimes that's just the shoot. And then afterwards you pay for the photos. So oh, okay. the last one I did, I won the shoot, but I knew I was gonna have to pay for photos. Um, I wanted them digitally, but the only way I could get them digitally was if I bought one of their packages, which included a photo album and like some other stuff. It ended up being three thousand dollars. What? Wow! For my free shoot. <laughs> the one before that, um, they allowed me to just just buy <laughs> my the brain photos. Is just like <laughs> I was not expecting that. It's like, that. Um, it's like a wedding photographer prices there. That's. And the funny thing is I won it because I was going through, um, like health issues and they're like, Oh, we want to offer you this. Um, it'll be a free shoot if you like allow us to use the photos. And I'm like, okay, that's cool. Um, but I want them too. <laughs> yeah. That sounds kind of, but it's like that everywhere. So I would make sure because the other place I went to, they were very clear ahead of time. They sent me the packages ahead of time, how much things would be. I paid for the session. Um, which included hair and makeup and everything. And I think mine was like five outfit changes that I could do. Um, and I think I paid like $1,100 for all the pictures just digitally. I didn't want any of their products, but it was like $1,100 and it was like a hundred and something 
images. So I was like, okay, well, it was like $11 an image or whatever. Um, <laughs> it's not too bad with them edited and like beautiful. Um, yeah. And I just paid for, I was like, can I have all the photos? Just all of them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, which ended up being like five different shoots really for the $1,100. Cause I've booked like the longer time so that I could do all those outfit changes and different settings and everything. And it gives you, cause you don't post every day. So that would have given you a fair amount of content. And I actually only had people, I barely posted any of those photos. I made them pay for them. So I was like, if you want access to that shoot, like I did it in five different or yeah, five different groupings, then you have to pay for that whole series. Um, so yeah. I posted like one picture from each of the shoots, um, each of those five outfit changes and then told them if they wanted the whole thing, they had to pay for an additional amount for them. So, yeah, that works pretty well. <laughs> nice. That was, I have such a like, I have like this really consistent su- subscriber base um, that they've kind of just been there since the beginning, mm-hmm. and but they don't like spend anything extra. So like, I, I'm not like, I don't have the right kind of like, yeah, for that, for that kind of thing to work. I would just be like here you go here's the photos and you know and I think at that time I have a lot less subscribers right now just because after my last TikTok account got taken down um I was very careful about what I post now they're building back up right now actually almost every day I have a couple new subscribers and I don't know why (laughs) nice I don't know where they're coming from um yeah but um the banana guy did a subscribe the the banana and his butt picture guy um so i don't know i tell you about this tell me no okay you need to tell me okay i need to tell you (laughs) okay so i'm in a small town and uh he'll probably hear this because he follows me on everything and i don't care (laughs) so I was at a, the, the one brewery that this town has. So I'm sitting there and this guy starts talking to me and he's like, I've recognized you. You worked at this insert location name. Um, and I was like, yeah, I did. I worked there for four years. Um, I was managing it. And he's like, yeah, it's really gone downhill since you left. And I'm like, I know. Um, <laughs> so we're just chatting and nothing at all, like just chatting. And he left to go play volleyball at a different bar. Um, Mm -hmm. and so I stayed at the brewery later on that night, I get a friend request from him on Facebook. And so I accepted it and uh, he starts messaging me the next morning and he's like, Oh, I lost the volleyball game last night. And I'm like, Oh, bummer, whatever. I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) And he's like, yeah, because of that, I lost a bet with the girl on the other team. And she now can tell me anything that she wants me to do today. And I have to do it. And I, and she said, part of that is that you have to tell me what to do, too. And I'm like, I don't even like telling myself what to do. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm like, fine. It, like, he kept pushing. And I was like, fine. Go eat a banana and then put a banana peel on your head and wear it on your head the rest of the day. He works at the radio <laughs> station. Um, and I know all the guys at the radio station. So they'll tell me if you didn't do it. So... <laughs> Um, So then he like keeps pushing and pushing and he's like, well, I'm only wearing six items of clothing. And I'm like, I don't want you to take your clothes off. Like what? (laughs) Only, only six. I'm like, I'm doing the, I'm counting it. That's a lot of clothing. Yeah. So was it like two socks, two shoes, 
pants and a shirt. I'm like, what? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm like, I, okay, I don't really care what you do. Like, that's, all, that's the only thing I want you to do. And so he keeps pushing and pushing about this other girl. And I'm like, this other woman does not exist. You just want me to tell you what to do. So he's like, well, right. you know what? She told me to do something and I'm blaming you because you had told me to do something with a banana. And I was like, I, don't blame me. I told you to wear a banana peel on your head. <laughs> So he's like, yeah, um, do you want me to send you a picture of what she made me do? I'm like, I said, no. I'm like, no. <laughs> That's a e e warning. And he's like, well, she dared me to, so I have to. And he sent me a picture of a banana in his ass. And I was like, I did not want that. I did not respond to him again. I never responded back to him. Fast forward to about three days ago. Um... I was at the brewery again, and I went and sat outside for a little bit because our AC was broken, and it was actually cooler outside. And so I was sitting outside, and this guy comes up to me. He's like, hey, and knew my name and sat down. Then another guy sat down with him, and the other guy owns the other Victorian in my town that has an Airbnb. So I was just chatting with him about that. And I just assumed they were a couple, and I did not recognize that that guy was that guy. (laughs) He's wearing sunglasses, okay? Yeah. So I'm just chatting with him, and I did not realize it was him. And then later that night, he wrote me again, and he's like, so, um, I'm here with Brandon. What's your your OnlyFans link? And I was like, was that? Oh, my God, that was you I was talking to tonight. (laughs) (laughs) So I sent it to them, and then, because I was like, sure, if you have the audacity, I deserve the money anyway. So go ahead, pay for it. So I sent him the link and they paid for it. And um, then he's like, yeah, I really like your stuff. I wasn't expecting it to be artsy like that, though. I was expecting like hardcore stuff. And I was like, that is hardcore. Okay, <laughs> let's take a lot of work. <laughs> right. There's over 2000 posts on there. Like you <laughs> go crazy. Right. And, and then I never responded to him again. And I was like, <laughs> so he just cut, he keeps writing me and I just don't respond to him. Yeah. I'm like, I'll respond to you if you're going to pay me. But. Yeah. There's definitely, like, I get people that will message me, and I'm like, I just would prefer they message me on OnlyFans so I'm getting paid for it, because mm-hmm. I don't really need that, you know? And it's mostly, it's never, like, stuff like that. Like, I don't I, I don't want to see that, but at the same time, that's kind of, it's it's funny, right? <laughs> it is funny. <laughs> I, I, get, I get, like, people that are trying to connect yeah and that's really hard like because I'm not like interested they're not talking to me like I'm a person they're just trying to connect you know with what they've objectified and like I just you know so I have a really you know I've just been starting to just like no dms unless a person talks to me like a person Mm -hmm. I don't you know I don't I'm just not gonna I don't follow those people back. Like, I unfollow them and make them go to my other folder. (laughs) Yeah. And there's been a couple, though, that I just send them, like, the link. I'm just like, you could talk to me here. Yeah. I've had had people, like, say they're going to sign up, and then they keep pushing, even though. And I'm just like, just sign up, and then I I put them on ignore. Yeah. Do it. And they don't. So, They weren't going to. Whatever. They weren't going yeah. to. And then they, they think they feel like people like that feel like it's a diss to them to be like, you need to pay for this. 
um, I, this is what I do. Like, <laughs> yeah. um, there's lots of people who are willing to pay. And if it's not you, then go find somebody else to talk to because I don't have any interest. Um, yep. I have people who like try to video call me and I'll just send them, uh, my cash app with a, like, you owe me this much money for attempting to video call me. <laughs> I'll have to keep that in mind if anyone ever tries to video call me. I'll send you those screenshots of what I say to people. (laughs) That's really funny. Yeah, I had one. um, Oh, somebody was like, oh, I didn't know you had an OnlyFans. And they're like, I don't really do stuff like that. But like, I'm curious. And and I'm like, okay. Like, I I didn't really know why they're telling me because I didn't need a play by play of their like mental process of this. But um they're like, oh, I'm tempted to sign up. And I'm like, didn't say anything. (laughs) Yeah. And then they're like, I'm sorry. It freaked me out too much. I just can't like, and I was like, okay. I I didn't say, I just like, there's nothing to say to that. Like, I understand like people have their shame issues and their anxiety and stuff, but I'm not going to like handhold somebody to, if they're not, my concern in that situation was that if he did sign up and if I was like, say to give him reassurance that he would then personalize the content. Like I've had a few people do that, Mm -hmm. such as, you know, who, who like, who started texting me while he was, you know, um, I was was there too. (laughs) And I was like, dude, I already told you this is, that is a transaction. Mm -hmm. That's not, I don't need to know that. If you like it, you can tell me there. There's yeah. a hard boundary, like, and I can compartmentalize that. Like, I can be like, that yeah. is, that's me there. This is me in real life. Too, like, that's performative. And yes, it is a part of me, but it is not all it's not, of me. I, yeah, like, I didn't do it for you. It's not personal for you. Like, yeah. don't personalize it. Like, you know, and that, like, thankfully that hasn't ha- happened a lot, but it's been. Oh, okay. So I've had this thought and you probably get it so I can like express it to you. Like I haven't, I haven't said it yet. Um, I wish that I had something like OnlyFans when I was younger because not just for like building up confidence, but because the guys that you meet who act like they're your friend, Mm. but they actually just want to fuck you. When they find out you have an OnlyFans, they go and get it out of their system and they stop bothering you. It's great. It is. I'm not getting my I'm not getting my piggy tails pulled all the time where I you know, I hate like I get super aggressively like nasty with people that do that like kind of sexist flirting. Mm-hmm. I don't even know what it is. I hate it. Um and it's so nice because I can just be like, I don't even point them at it. I just mention it and they go, oh, well, do you mind if I sign up for it? I'm like, as long as you don't make it personal, mm-hmm. I'm all for it. And they, they usually stay for a month or two and then they go away and I never talk to them again. And I don't have to have the interaction of like, we're not going to date or whatever, you know? Yeah. Because those guys, those guys are persistent. They like, they want to, they want the... They want the sex or whatever so much that even when you tell them no, they keep, you know, like they're, they just keep bugging you. So like, I just, it's awesome. I, I just haven't, I haven't had to deal with that as much. That's, that is awesome. I do have quite a few people that like cross over with TikTok and OnlyFans and I'm fine with that because both are performative. Both are a character. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and 
they, yes, it's a character that's part of me, but it is a mask. <laughs> and, um, and so those two crossing over, I don't mind too much. Um, especially when they are, I know they're paying me. <laughs> so, yeah. um, it was worth it to them. They do appreciate what I do and they do pay me. Um, and I do, um, like to thank them for that as well. And very publicly, like, I'll just thank them for what they do. But, uh, and they like that too, but it is, it is nice to keep it very separate and for them to understand that and to have the strength in myself to tell them that, to be like, yeah. this, this is what this is. And that is it. Like, that's not, you're not going to move in with me. You're not going to woo me. <laughs> I am actually very not interested. <laughs> yeah. I'm not, I'm not sending you photos like outside of that. Like none of that, yeah. by the way, I have an echo, echo alia going on right now. And my brain is just saying banana, but guy, I love with it. An echo, like, <laughs> you know, kind of like the eighties cartoons, you know? Yep. <laughs> he needs his own, like, I need to make, like go onto Fiverr or something and have them like make a banana peach, like just a banana going into a peach and send it to yeah. him. Mm, that makes me think of that game uh was it cookout or whatever like where you're the little characters and you run around and like make the meals and stuff and you have to chop up the fruits (laughs) i like i'll uh i like playing with two i play two characters on one controller and just like fun i like those games and my ex-husband used to make fun of me because i managed a coffee house and bagel shop um and he's like you come home and then you play a game where you're doing the same shit (laughs) (laughs) but it made me see at work like a game so when i saw like the orders come up it was like okay what order do i put them in that i can make them the fastest and like get them all done and clear my screen and it really felt like a game and yeah (laughs) and i loved it I did that at, when I worked at Jamba Juice. I ended up cre- like, fa- well, I did it most of my jobs, but Jamba Juice especially was like a lot of fun because I like came up with like this, uh, just an approach to making it. And we ended up, cause there's a, a timer and you have to have the, the smoothies done in like, it's like two minutes mm-hmm. from order to like, and it was like closer to like a minute, 20 seconds that they were getting done because I had like figured out this like pattern of like, if we do this, it'll do this. And it was like, it was awesome. It was totally gamifying it. Totally. And it made it more gratifying because I felt like I won at the end when I cleared the screen, and like everything's done. And... <laughs> you know, blame, blame the ADHD for the, for the, the dopamine seeking on that. Yeah. <laughs> What did I win? My normal paycheck. That's what I want. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dopamine. Yeah. Cool. Well, we've been doing this for about an hour and a half, so oh. I probably should wrap it up. <laughs> Sounds <But>. good. <laughs> um, so uh, with my uh, with mine, um, I have two scripts written out for the future. Um, okay. I'm going to keep working on them, um, and then I'm trying to figure out like, am I just going to read them or if I'm going to tell the story and have bullet points? But I'm trying to decide that still. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, just let me know when you want to, you know. And and the thing that I'm learning through doing this is that I can start doing it one way and I can just change it. That's so. true. We see what works. You I'll know? do it both ways. Yeah. 
see which one feels good. Yeah. It could end up being that both work for you, d- depending on the story and your mood and how you're feeling, brain fog or whatever. How how well I know the story is it? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So, yeah, definitely let me know when you're ready to work on that. And um, I think like I'm gonna get. I think I should be getting the RV around the fifteenth. So I'll be um, working on it, but like I can totally make time to for us to hang out and work on work Perfect. on your podcast too. So Wonderful. did you do you have a name you have a name for it? I do. I do. <laughs> and what's funny is so actually I just today am buying the domain for it cuz it's going to be the same name like part of the name for two of my businesses. Um but it's two crows attempted murder and um <laughs> and I'm excited about it so Two Crows Entertainment is going to be the overseeing um, domain and then it'll be a Two Crows podcast and then Two Crows um, escape rooms so nice. excited that's legit <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to work cool. on the there, logo that's yeah I was just I just was thinking with that name you have like so much potential for the logo I was thinking like my tattoo on my thigh, but a little bit different because I want it to be something cool enough to put like on a t-shirt, um, but also have it like on the sign for like where the building is for the escape rooms too, and use the same logo. Um, but I kind of had an idea for the podcast though, of like personifying them um, to have like our faces on the crows, <laughs> but I don't know how it'll turn out. So. <laughs> maybe just like like our no- our nose profiles or something like <laughs> although mine's pretty pretty distinct uh, yeah. I have a pretty decent nose decent sized nose yeah <laughs> it's it's cute you have a cute nose oh thank you <laughs> <laughs> Cool. Well, thank you for talking with me and being my very first guest on Yay. my podcast. And I'm super excited. It'll probably be a couple of weeks because I have other episodes that have to come out first. Yep. But I will let you know and send you links and all that stuff. And, and then I'll send we the will... links. And the things and the stuff and whatever. <laughs> cool. Awesome. All right. Bye. Bye.